Thank you for tuning in to Saturday Conversations. My name is Edward Akiyemi, and I'm so grateful you have decided to listen to Saturday Conversations. Every Saturday, I have conversations with different believers of Jesus. We discuss about their faith walk and the wisdom they have gained through this journey called life. So don't be deceived by the highlight reel or what you think you are seeing about other places because you don't know. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it, right? So being content where you are and trusting, if, if you prayed that God has placed you, you know, in the environment that he's placed you in, the friends that he's placed you in, the family that he placed you in, the church <laughs> that he placed you in, and trust and believe that. I think that is the best way to navigate, you know, comparing communities. And just speaking specifically to churches, because I do see like people like, tend to compare pastors and churches and things of that nature. And we have to remember that God can use anybody. He can use anybody from any background, with any personality. Like, God can use anybody to deliver his word. excited to welcome you to episode 58 of Saturday Conversation. If you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell so you don't miss a video. And to my Spotify and Apple Podcast family, hit the follow button and rate this podcast five stars. With that being said, happy Saturday. I can't wait for y'all to hear the conversation I just had with Tokes about the importance of being in a godly community. Without further ado, please tell me, welcome to the conversation. Tokes, I will with Joe Lou. Hey, Tokes, what's up? Hey, Ed, what's up? <laughs> Nothing much. I'm so excited for you to be on the conversation. But before we get into our conversation, do you mind introducing yourself to people who don't know you? Sure. My name is Tokes, as Ed said. <laughs> uh, last name is Arwajolu. And yeah. That was the shortest <laughs> introduction in the history of Saturday Conversations. Oh my. <laughs> what do you do? How, do you have any siblings? Where are you from? You said, my name is Tokes. My name is Tokes. The end. You gotta know. You know, there's not gonna be a lot of them on here. I'm sure I'm the first one on here. Might be the last one on here. So, Tokes. Arojolu, I'm a child of God. I live in Chicago. I'm from Maryland, uh, Columbia, Maryland specifically. I was born in D.C., so I like to say the DMV. Not everyone knows what that is. They think, oh, is that like where you go get your license? And I'm like, no, that's D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's some of the basics. Do you, how many siblings do you have? 
I have one older sister, and her name is Tayo. Okay. You don't like talking about yourself, apparently, because I'm just saying. <laughs> first, you gave me one name. Then you get like a little bit of, here's a little bit, like, come on now. Anything else you want? Obviously, you don't want to add anything else, but is there anything <laughs> else you want to add? Oh, man. Uh, okay, I guess what, you know, I think another thing I can add is I love people. So I'm really a people person. And so I'm so excited that you invited me to come and join this conversation, talk about community, because it has been a lifeline for me. Obviously, Jesus, but just the community and the people that he's surrounded me with. So I'm super excited to kind of delve into that topic. That's so good. So I have to ask you a question. <laughs> you are a people, people, uh, people person, but are you people pleaser? You know, because sometimes pleasing people <laughs> will get us all jacked up. I'm really just gonna get into it. I feel like it ha- we're just, you're just I, ready. No, I'm just asking a question. I still got to do the whole monologue thing. I just want to, you know, lay down a foundation. Listen, so I feel like there is a difference. I do like to serve people, right? But God has been delivering me from people pleasing because that can get dangerous. And then there could be issues with boundaries. But me as a core, to my core, I will always like want to be a servant of people and help people and be there for people. But pleasing them, I'm only designed to please my father. And that's Jesus Christ. Come on. She's preaching already. <laughs> so thank you for expanding who you are. Because at first we just thought you were telling me you were, you were deeper than we thought. Yes. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. So y'all already know what we're talking about. Let's get into the topic at hand. We're talking about how community matters. What I realized, Tokes, is that we are created for a community. We were never made to walk this journey called life alone. The first time God said it is not good was in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, when he, when he said it is not good for man to be alone. And I know these past couple of years, we have been told to isolate ourselves for health and safety reasons. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to tell you right now that God did not design us to be isolated. Yep. God did not design us to be alone. God designed us to be in a community. If you look at Jesus, the most powerful man to ever walk this earth, he had a community of 12 people. Yep. So the son of God needed a community. I think we need yep. a community. Absolutely. So in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, Verse 9 to 12, it says, two are better than one because they will have a good return on their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken so i'm so excited to have this conversation with you Toke. but before we give them the good stuff (laughs) hopefully you you expound on this question so my first question to you is (laughs) how was your upbringing it may not be like you know i was born i grew up i'm here now i need i need some expansion okay absolutely absolutely and i I just want to say i also love how the holy spirit moves because that ecclesiastes verse is something i was going to touch on tonight and it's exactly how i feel about the power of community but as far as my upbringing, whew, man, <laughs> I had a good upbringing. Uh, God is good. I'm very grateful for my family. I will say when I think about my upbringing, it's probably a traditional slash American Nigerian Christian upbringing. Now, I'll unpack what that means, right? So Nigerian, my parents were born and raised in Nigeria. 
My dad came here for college, went to Howard University. My mom came here for grad school, and she went to UDC. And then they had me and my sister here in the States. So our Nigerian culture is a huge part of my upbringing, like the food we ate, you know, ate all, growing up eating all Nigerian food, watching Nigerian movies. But then also church was like <laughs> the centerpiece of my upbringing. I mean, we had weekly Bible study with a family, a family friend in the neighborhood. We would meet with them. I think it was Wednesday nights. So literally we get the kids in the car. Sometimes we'll drive to the family's house. Sometimes we'll be at our house. Every month we had night vigil. <laughs> and for those that don't know what night vigil is, it's literally praying through the night. Like we would on Fridays, first Friday of every month, drive to a church in New Jersey. So literally pack the car with kids, go to a church in New Jersey, get there, around seven or eight, and then the prayer started and it went until 6 a.m. So, you know, we, the family upbringing really was just about culture. It was about faith. I had really had a praying mom. I mean, she just praying, interceding all day, like the kind of mom, like, oh, mom, I'm not feeling well. Oh, in the name of Jesus, you are well. Like, you know, she just, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. But also another piece of my upbringing was just hospitality. I got to see that up close with my mom. <laughs> Anybody that knows me well, like knows my mom and how much she loves to cook for people. I mean, she wants to cook for you. Growing up, our house was always full. My grandma lived with us at one point. My aunt lived with us at one point. My first cousin lived with us. So the house was always full with people. And, you know, Thanksgiving was always big. <laughs> like she cooked for everybody Christmas. So really culture, faith, but also just community and hospitality, all was in my upbringing. She was very strict. You know, I couldn't, no sleepovers. You know, I, it was all about education, all about school, head down, study, 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 pray, pray, pray. Uh, that was my upbringing. Seemed like uh, we had similar upbringing. I was just in <laughs> Texas. You know, my, both my parents are from Nigeria, if you didn't know, Akiyemi is Nigerian. Yep. Um, <laughs> so my parents are pastors. So Friday nights, we're, we're at that church. <laughs> Wednesday, we're at church Bible study. Tuesday was the prayer warriors meeting. Oh, yeah. It was Thursday was <laughs> choir practice. Sunday was uh, Sunday service. Saturday was Saturday. So at least five times, uh, five times a week, I was in the church. Yes. So, <laughs> so I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And my dad was a strict one. Like, if it's not about the books, you have no business forget, looking at it. <laughs> forget it. If it's not about the books, what, you got a B? A B? What is that? Why are you getting Bs? I didn't come here to this country for you to be getting Bs, you know? Um, New Year's Eve, there was no New Year's Eve partying. We were at church every single New Year's Eve. It was a party. It's called the Holy Ghost Amen. Party. Exactly. Exactly. That was the party. Exactly right. Um, so, yeah, it was it was great. And it's so different because, you know, um, I come to Chicago, you're in Chicago. And it's like, we're not doing anything for New Year's Eve. What do I do? <laughs> Literally, it's just like now that I'm technically of age to do what I want, I still don't really I don't have a desire to like go out or go to clubs or whatever. Like, it's just it's ingrained in me, you know, from a young age, like we we prayed into the new year. Right. Mm -hmm. So like even when I was, you know, in my 20s and now in my early 30s, like. It's the same. I saw that same mindset of praying into the new year because of those those roots. So, and I'd rather be praying into the new year than partying into the new year. <laughs> when you look at it spiritually, yeah. so I'd rather pray into the new year. New year for sure. So yeah. 
So I probably would never be in New York watching the ball drop because I would prefer a train. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, sure. you can party anytime, you know. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for sharing. Any other thing you want to add to your upbringing before we go to the next question? Mm, I feel like those are like the basics, you know, the basics of my upbringing. And like I said, just strong, praying mother. Um, education was the focus. My sister, super smart. So I had to follow her. You know, with everything that she did, she was one of my biggest inspirations growing up. You know, every club she was in, I wanted to be a part of. She really just laid a good blueprint of working hard and, you know, staying focused. So very, very grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my dad. My dad, my dad and my mom couldn't be polar opposites with personalities. Like, my mom is, like, passionate, emotional, like, prayer, prayer, prayer. And my dad is, like, chill. Like, you know, man, a few words. And just that calm presence. So really always balance things out. So I'm grateful for them. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. So my next question to you, Tokes, is what does a godly community look to you or look like to you? Or what does a godly community mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a great question. I feel like godly community, the thing that you think about that keeps us all together is our love for Christ. Right? Like that is the one thing that we all have in common. We believe Jesus Christ is the Savior. We believe he died on the cross. We believe that he rose again on the third day. You know, we believe in the Trinity, like the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Like, those are the things that unite us is in a centerpiece. But then, like, we can be from different races. We can be from different ages, different backgrounds, you know. But that is, like, the one thing that ties us together, our faith, right? And I also think about God the community. It's the character of people right in this community you know that is also so 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 important you know what are these people rooted in how are they acting outside of church on a Sunday it's not just Sunday like it's not just that's not just the day that we put on our church hat and our church clothes and then Monday through Saturday it's a different story right it's like are these people that I can look to during the week and call on you know are we praying together you know so that's what I think about when I think about you know what a godly community looks like that's so good. And then also, if you look um, in the book of Romans, Paul says, like, when someone's mourning, you mourn with them. When someone's yeah. rejoicing, rejoice with them. So to expand what you said, like, I don't think God's community should not only be there when you're everything is good. Yeah. I think they should be there who help you up. Like, if you lost a person, they should be there asking, like, what do you need help with? What right. do you need? Do you need to be paid for? Do you need some yeah. food? Do you need me to come cook for you? Yeah. And things like that. And you have to serve each other. You know, that's another huge part. It's it's that level of empathy and compassion, you know, it's celebrating with each other as well, remembering things about each other, the desire to really want to learn. So like someone saying, oh, like, yeah, I'm looking for a job. I'm going to interviews, following up with them in a week. Like, how did those interviews go? Like, is there a way I can be praying for you? You know, it's, it's truly doing life with people in your community and serving one another. It's just so it's so important. So. And just don't say you're going to pray for them. Don't pray for them. Please. Literally. If you don't say you're going to pray for them, pray for them. <laughs> yeah. Like, pray for them right there. Don't say, I'll pray for you later. No. Y'all can bow your head. Yeah. The good thing about Jesus dying on the cross, we have access to God wherever we act. Yeah. So right there, right now, right. just pray for them. Instead of saying, I'm going to pray, then you forget. Three weeks later, you're like, oh. I forgot to pray. For exactly. Yeah. I like to so, right on the spot. Right on the spot. Even if I'm not with them, like, even if they send me a text, right on the spot, I'm like, you know what? Let me just put this email away. They texted me, let me pray right now in the moment, in the spirit. It's so important. That is so good. And another thing, um, we can talk about this a little bit. 
for me, I think godly community means accountability. Yeah. And it seems like we live in an era that people don't want to be held accountable anymore. Yeah. And they always use like scriptures like, you know, don't touch my anointed, do my prophet no harm. Like you kind of you misquoting that and stuff like that. Like only God can judge me. Right. That should scare people. Why do people say that only God could judge me? Yeah. he. he yeah. I can judge you. It won't mean nothing. But don't ever use it as a cop. Like only God can judge me. He will judge you. Mm-hmm. So you better get it right here before you get in front of him over there. Yeah. And in that way, it's about delivery. Right. I think people think about they're worried about pushing people away from the faith. Right. They're worried about, you know, being kind of like a Pharisee mindset of just rules, rules, rules and judge, judge, judge. Like it is about how you share with your friend, your brother, your sister, sometimes your mother. Right. You know, it's how you kind of, you know, listen, I've noticed, you know, when we're in a group like, you know, you're always talking about this person. And like, I'm really trying to walk a life of not gossiping. It doesn't make me comfortable when we're talking about this person. Like, you know, let's pray about this. Let's pray together. Let's let's really try to break this 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 gossiping. I've really, you know, versus just saying like gossiping is a sin and gossiping is bad and like da 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 da. You know what I mean? It's it's all about the delivery, you know, with accountability, and it it is so important. But it's how we want to deliver the messages to people. We can't be afraid. And I always, especially when it's going to be a hard conversation with a friend, I pray about it first. I'm like, all right, I might have to <laughs> confront someone or talk to someone. God, give me the words to say to them you know, and bless their ears so that they listen to it with like love and with peace and with the way I, with the way I intend to deliver it. So, but it's important. Accountability is so important in a godly community. That's so good how you pray before you, because I think people just get, they get overzealous and they just say it and you're like, you know, the truth should set you free. Okay, now <laughs> run away. So I love how you like pray about Lord, let this, because yeah. Paul says, let our words be seasoned with grace. So let us season our word with grace and like, you know, yeah, what is wrong, but maybe I'm, I'm saying this because I love you. Right. But most people or some people I see, they don't say because they love someone. They say because they just want to be right. Yeah. And I think that's where it gets messed up. Yeah, exactly. It has to come from a place of love. It has to come from a place of compassion and empathy. So, so good. Anything you want to add about what a godly community means to you? I think that's it. I mean, that that would probably be cover it. The only thing I would add also is thinking about the fruits of the spirit. I've been really kind of like diving in um, Galatians chapter five, but it goes into the fruits of the spirit and it's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's righteousness, self-control, right? It's like another one I feel like that goes hand in hand with accountability. And, you know, those that's kind of the blueprint on what we should strive for in a community in leading in a community as well. Like we really want to have the fruits of the spirit in our actions in a godly community. So, so good. So I have a follow up question. Um, so we talk about what does a godly community mean to you? What does an ungodly community look like yeah, to people? Because sometimes, <laughs> yeah, it's just not good. It's bad news. So yeah. what does an ungodly community um, look like to you? Yeah, I would say like my measure these days has been because, you know, just being in tune with the spirit, right? Praying, 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 asking, asking, asking for the Holy Spirit to just take over, like take over my life, take over my decisions. So you just feel it. Like when you come back from that hangout, you feel it in your soul. Like I didn't enjoy that. Like I actually left that feeling depleted. I left that feeling exhausted. I left that feeling bad in my spirit. Like that's how you know that that, that maybe those people I shouldn't be hanging out with anymore. You know, maybe I need to start avoiding their calls, you know, like it's just, for me, it's more of a spiritual thing 
than even just like the physical. It's like, obviously you don't want to be out here like slinging dope on the streets and like, you know, like, I, I don't know, but like, you know, just like. Wait, wait, slinging dope? Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was trying to think of something like really, really reckless, right? But that that would that that is reckless. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I just feel like it's such a spiritual thing, and the spirit will tell you and talk to you. You know, if like after a long night out, maybe you had more drinks than you wanted to have, like you will feel it that next morning. Like, man, like I didn't want to drink that much, or like I didn't want to talk about those things, or I didn't want to go to those places. But I think it's important when you do have those feelings, don't give up. Like, don't think, okay, God is mad at me now. Or, oh, like, no, like repent if you need to repent, but just ask God again for a fresh anointing, for a fresh way of his Holy Spirit to come into your heart and just give you wisdom and discernment, right? With your decisions and with your choices. It's like, God, I want to live a godly life. I want to live a life that honors you, that makes you proud. So give me discernment with like where I'm going, with who I'm hanging out with and who I'm talking to. That, that is so good. And we have to always be so careful that we don't think that we can change the whole community. Because yeah. what I realized in my 32 years of living is it's more easier to corrupt a pure thing than to convert a wicked thing. Yeah, yeah you can everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you look in the Old Testament, if someone unclean touched someone who was clean, that person who was clean was unclean for like seven days. <laughs> So if you look at first Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, Paul told to the church, told the church of Corinth saying that don't be deceived, bad company corrupts good morals. Mm -hmm. So I think we got to always realize like, yes, you want to save them, but do you have the spiritual maturity to go into those circles to change the boys? Should you just step back, pray from afar that God would test them? Because you don't want to get into a community that you're just acting like them, imitating them. Right. And they're, they're like, oh, you're just you're just like us. Right. So why do I got to serve this Jesus if you're just going to act, you're just going to smoke the weed like us. If you're just going to sleep with the girls like us. If you're just going to, you know, drink like us. Why do I have to change myself mm-hmm. if you're just going to act like us for this person called Jesus? Right. And I think in that in that scenario, right, the best way to go about it is be a bringer. So instead of going into that community, try and invite them into yours. You know, like. I'm blessed to say like the community I've been able to build here in Chicago, like we really do life together. Like we work out together. Like we go out to eat together. We hang out together. We go to concerts together. Like, so I always try to invite people into that so they can see, Oh, like what's the, Oh, so what do you guys all have in common? Oh, how do you guys all know each other? I'm like, Oh, well, we met at church. And that just like starts that conversation, you know? And it's like, we're just working out, you know, like we're just at a restaurant. It's not always like, you know, at the altar, like taking communion. That's a beautiful thing, you know, but like, let them see the whole full picture of what it's like versus you, like you said, having to go into those circles and those communities and trying to be the shining light. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but you really want to balance it out by being a bringer and bring them into your community. That is so good. I think it was Pastor Tim Ross that said that if you look at Jesus, Jesus did not hang out with sinners sinners hung out with Jesus. <laughs> so what is the life we're living? Because most of the time, Christians, like, Christians were boring, were corny, blah, blah, blah. If we just live an exciting life that's appealing to the world, I'm not saying live like the world because we don't, no one got time for that. But we act like we have joy in the Holy Ghost, like the book mm-hmm. of Romans says. It's so always like being mean and judgmental and con- con- condemning people. Yeah. We just actually act like we're having fun. People might say, why are you so happy? Why are you so joyful? 
why are you so peaceful through this whole thing that's going on? Why? And they start asking you why. You say it's because of my Jesus. But yeah. when we was upset and we just mad about everything and we always have that sour face on. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we just have to change our perspective, change our mindset, change our personality to be infused yeah. with the power and joy of the Holy Ghost. Right. And I think one thing, it's like Jesus was fun. Like he was funny. You know, I think. I, I watched The Chosen. Um, so if anyone hasn't seen The Chosen, Google it, look it up. It's a free show. It's amazing. But I think one thing that they do a really good job of is just showing, like, personality. You know, and obviously, like, this is them scripting it and directing it and stuff and having their spin on it. But I thought it was cool to just see the personality behind these characters. Like, they're regular people just like me and you. Like, you know, they have, they have humor. You know, they have quirks. They have personalities. They have anxiety. And it just brings to life like the character of Christ. And he was funny. He was cool. Like he was a grace giver, you know, he was loving. So it's important for people to understand that. So, so good. And yeah, Jesus, you know, Tokes, everybody knows Jesus is my number one. And you read <laughs> the Bible, you know, like, man, Jesus was sarcastic. Like you can look at, <laughs> he just get upset because they just didn't get it. I'm like, man, just get it for once. So yeah. like when Lazarus dies, he's like, yeah, we should, we should go, you know, go wake him up. And then the disciple says, well, if he's asleep, let him sleep. Cause he get better. And he like, he looks at him like Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad he, I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm like, huh? You, you start being like, what are you talking about Jesus? Yeah. But then it goes down. So God could be glorified through the resurrection of Lazarus. Yeah. But it's just funny how direct Jesus can be, but mm-hmm. full of love while he was so direct. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. So, everybody heard this, so our whole soliloquy about a godly community versus ungodly community. So, my next question to you is, how does someone find or look for a godly community? Yes. Yes. I mean, so, I mean, I can just share my story, right? It may not work for everybody, but I'll share some of the things that I've done to find the communities I was able to have. Um, so, first of all, <laughs> between 2019, late 2019, and now, I've moved twice. And pretty much had to start over two times, <laughs> right? So like I said, I'm from Maryland. So born there, raised there, was there my whole life. I went there for college, went there for law school. So there for everything. And in late 2019, early 2020, I moved to St. Louis. And moving there, I took a job there. I knew I wanted to find a godly community, a faithful community. So first of all, I had a willingness Like, I truly wanted this. I I knew it wasn't just going to happen to me. Like, I had to be the one to research and seek it out. So that's like the first step. You want to have the willingness and the desire to figure it out and find it and look for it. So obviously with prayer being first, right, for God to give you discernment and wisdom. But yeah, so I looked for non-denominational churches in St. Louis close to where I was going to be moving to got on their IG, started to look at their pages. I wanted to assess. I'm like, okay, is it diverse? Is, you know, what's the music like? Like, just, you know, like wanted to see if it was something that at least reminded me of my faith community at home in DC. My home church is National Community Church, Pastor Mark Patterson. So I was like, I wanted to find something like the diverse melting pot. Um, And so that's what I did. And I did the research and I found a church before I moved there. Okay. Before I moved there. And then obviously everyone knows how 2020 went with the pandemic and everything. Uh, churches were, were closed and I had to end up just watching church online with the rest of the world and watching various churches. But moving to Chicago, I did the same thing. Like before I moved here, I wanted to make sure I found a church. Again, went on Instagram, 
found City Church Chicago, looked at the page. I'm like, oh, this looks like a fun, inviting, like friendly place. But it didn't just stop there. I didn't just stop with, all right, I'm going to go on Sundays. Like I wanted to immediately get involved so I can have people that I knew there and meet people. So I immediately got involved in the life group. All of this stuff is online. Like every church is going to have online. They're, they call them life groups. Some call them grow, grow groups. Some call them, they, they have all kinds of names for them. But at the end of the day, it's people that get together and like read the word and pray and just build a community. So I immediately got involved in a life group uh, and immediately started serving. And honestly, doing those two things, yeah, was it going to take time? Of course. Like, is that going to take time out of my calendar to commit to a Tuesday night or to commit to, you know, serving on a Saturday? Absolutely. But that's how you meet people. You know, like that's how you make friends and connections in this community. You have people to sit with at church. You know, you have people to work out with, like I said, or hang out with outside of church. So that was what I was able to do. And I had to be the one to really seek out, seek out these relationships, like reach out to people, serve, right? Like serve in the house of God. That has been, so I serve on the auditorium host team at church and it's been amazing. It's been amazing. Like these people Talk about a godly community of all different ages, all different backgrounds, but we all love to serve Jesus. We all love to be the hands and feet. So that's how I would say people can find a community. Have a willingness, do research, but when you find that church, immediately get involved in that church community. That is so good. And I remember, because something I hear, sometimes, I don't know if you hear this, Toast, but something I hear like, oh, you know, if I go to church, it's too clicky. It's too clicky. I, I can never get into this community. But they have to think back, they have done five, six years with each other. Yeah. To put yourself out there. Because for me, I was, you, you know my personality. I, I When I first started going in 2019, I came. <laughs> my first month, I came. I went to um, Growth Track. I went home. I started serving. <laughs> I served the first two, set the 1130. That's when we had 1130 service. And I went yeah. home. But then I started serving a little bit more. So I served a little bit more. Then I started to get to know people. People knew my name. I knew their name. And yeah. now I can walk through the lobby and say hi to uh, all these people because, yeah. I, like you said, I made the decision to be willing to yeah. put myself out there, serve, saw a need, fill it. But I think sometimes we get it misconstrued like, oh, I see a need, but someone else is going to fill it. No, you need to fill it. God put yeah. that in your view so you can see the need, so you can fill it for the glory home. You don't do it just to make friends. You do it so yeah. you can get the glory. And as yeah. you do that to get, get as you do that to give him the glory, then people are like, oh, what's your name? Thank you for serving. Thank you for meeting this need and things like that. Yeah, abs no, absolutely. And I think another thing to add there is that you may face rejection. And that doesn't mean stop, right? Like people ask me all the time, like, oh, how do you meet people and stuff? And I'm like, it doesn't come easy. Like it's it's it hasn't been easy for me to like start over in my, I was 29 when I moved away from home and now I'm about to be 32. Like it wasn't easy. I have friends at home. I have family at home and like to meet people later in life, like it definitely wasn't easy. There were some people that I reached out to, they never got back to me or like that I followed up with to get coffee. They never responded, but that doesn't mean that you just like give up or think that there's something wrong with you or just stop trying, you know, like, especially if you desire community, you know, that means maybe that person wasn't the right fit for you. Like maybe that wasn't going to be the kind of relationship that God wanted you to pursue. And that's okay. But rejection is a part of the process. It's a part of the process. And even in your served life, like things may happen. Like, 
when you're serving, you may start seeing things behind the scenes, you know, about a church or a church body and community. Like, don't let anything discourage you. Like, you are serving for God. You're not serving for man. You're not serving for anybody on this earth. You're serving to bring glory to God. So that should be the focus and what continues to fuel you and keep you there. Um, because there will be attacks. Like as you start to seek these out for the first time, like if this is your first time serving, there's going to be attacks from the enemy that wants to discourage you and pull you out of that community. That wants to bring things to light and have one person be kind of nasty one day. Maybe you got them on a bad day. That wants to be like, all right, I'm out of here. Like I shouldn't sign up for this. I shouldn't sign up to serve here. But that's an attack realized with spiritual maturity. But that's an attack. Pray about it, but keep going and keep serving and keep trying. That's so good. And I feel the Lord prompted me to say this. There's many people that will probably watch the list of this or going through this, that they're holding bitterness and unforgiveness in their hearts because they got rejected or they look like they got um, looked over and things like that. The Lord is saying you, you need to forgive because yeah. you're holding yourself, you're holding your own blessing captive because you're choosing not to forgive. Yeah. You have to realize that people are going through other things and the way they treat you is not because of you. It's because the we going through this thing called life. It yeah. can be chaotic. It can be hurtful. So I think yeah. you should just ask the Lord, Lord, help me forgive. Holy Spirit, enter my heart. Search me, oh Lord. And anything that's not like you, remove it. And you just got to right. pray that prayer so you don't miss out on your blessing because you're holding bitterness, animosity, unforgiveness towards people who didn't really mean to hurt you. They were hurt themselves. Right, right. Literally, it's like, search me know my anxious thoughts, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me to the path of everlasting. Like literally, you know, you plead that over yourself because I also believe like if you are getting rejected or if someone is making you uncomfortable, forgive them, but also let go because there are other people in this world. Like, you know, like you don't have to like think about why you want to be a part of that group so much. Like, is there almost like an idol around that group? Like, is it like wanting to be seen? Like, what is it about that group or that person that it's like, you have to be friends with them. You have to be a part of it. Cause there's so many other people, you know, that are going to be ready to embrace your open arms. So you really have to start to do like a heart check with like, what is it about these friends or this girl or this guy that like, I need to be with them. And, Oh, I feel so rejected by them. It's like, move on. There are other people that are going to accept you for who you are, open arms, you know, for your personality, for your quirks, and just chase after that. That is so good. I'm glad you say say that because I think some people, they make their community their idol. Mm -hmm. And they're not going it. They're not going so they can glorify Jesus. They're going to glorify the group so I can be seen, so I can be heard, mm -hmm. so I can be mentioned of. So I love yeah. how you, you talked about that. Yeah. You want to expound on that a little bit or, or no? Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, you, you couldn't have said it any better, right? It's like, I just feel like anything that really starts to take the place of God is when you really have to, like, start to reassess, right? Like, what is this really about, <laughs> you know, to get that picture and post online? And, and I'm not just saying, like, I am literally speaking to myself, too, right? And, like, always trying to check myself with, like, what I'm doing. Like, what is this really about? What is really the root here? And if it's not always to glorify God or to like bring honor to God, or to even be a servant and serve someone else, then you need to reassess and like kind of recheck the motives of what you're doing. That's so good. So my next question to you, they like, Tokes, I hear you. You, you ready? I heard you now. <laughs> I want to join a community. My next question to you is how does a person properly engage in a godly yes. community? Yes. It goes back to the fruits of the spirit goes back to the fruits of the spirit, you know, with love, with joy, with peace, 
kindness, gentleness, self-control, you know, because you are going to be like, so again, host team is an example, right? You know, when we were bringing new people onto the team and we don't know where people are, you know, anybody can be going through something. Anybody can be walking through something. So it's not always about the agenda for the day. You know, we want to remember that it is people first, right? Like it is people first. So check in with people. How are you doing? And actually like wait to listen to them, right? And actually respond to their response. Like don't just, oh, how are you doing? Then boom, we're on to the next thing. Like, how are you doing? You know, how can I be praying for you? You know, just get to know people in the community. I think that's like the best way to properly engage. Truly get to know, like get coffee and don't, don't obviously like, you know, you want to also read the vibes, right? If someone is uncomfortable <laughs> or like doesn't want to get coffee yet, or, you know, is still don't push anybody. You don't want to be pushy. You don't want to be nosy. You want to, you know, use wisdom. You want to be gentle, but it is important to first try and get to know one another. Okay. Secondly, praying. I think it's just so important for the community that you're a part of, you know, and just praying for them, like calling out people by name. And I think that you just, it cannot be separated from any community that you are, any community, honestly, like even at work, (laughs) okay? Like you want to be praying for your boss, you'll be praying for your coworkers, even when it's hard. Like I, God has been putting that on my heart lately about praying for my boss and praying for my coworkers. So that's in any community, but So engagement, yes, getting to know everyone, praying, you know, for everybody. But then you also think about other actions, right? Like, are we acting in a way that glorifies God, right? You never want to be that darkness in the community, that person that's bringing the community down. You know, I was going to use another word, but I felt like that would have been an inappropriate word. But you don't want to be that in the community, right? Like, you want to be a light. And I always like to say, like, I always want to be the friend that I want to have. I want to be the sister that I want to have. I want to be the daughter that I want to have, right? Like, we have to treat people the way we want to be treated. Like, we have to be the change that we want to see. I feel like so many people have so many expectations. Like, oh, like, this leader should have done this for me. Or, like, this person should have done this for me. Like, oh, I was expecting this. Why didn't they do this? But it's like look at yourself. Like, what are you doing for them? What are you doing for people in your community? You know, you have all these expectations of wanting to take, 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 but what are you sowing? So I think those are ways to properly engage in a godly community. That's so good. And Nemi, the elephant in the room with asking coffee, she said, use wisdom. I'm going to make it plain. If the opposite sex, fellas, (laughs) go as a group. Because it's just creepy. If you're, You've been serving for a long time and you see this new girl say, hey, you want to get coffee? That's weird. Don't, don't do that. I didn't that. want to say it. I didn't <laughs> want to say it, but you took it there. Yeah, I mean, it's important, right? Like to think about even just those kinds of relational dynamics, you know, and, and again, using wisdom and using discernment. You don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. Girls too, right? Like girls be shooting their shots too. We want to <laughs> be wise. Do they? Girls do it. All I hear is like, there's no good guys in the church. Maybe they shoot a shots. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, listen, I think we all just need to use wisdom because the thing is, our intentions could be pure, right? Like, 
asking someone for coffee, truly, I want to get to know you. I want to get to know your walk. I want to get to know your faith. I want to learn more about your story. Like, I'm inspired. I see you're involved in all these things. Like, I want to learn more. That could truly be your intentions, guy or girl. But that other person might receive it in a different way. So just be respectful. You know, if someone responds and they're not interested, then that's okay. You know, you guys can go together as a group. Community hangouts. I'm really big on socializing as a community and, you know, having fun. Like, you know, on the host team, we were able to have like Taco Tuesday and, you know, we had a Friendsgiving last year and we threw together a holiday party. Like we're allowed to have fun together. We're allowed to hang out outside of church. Right. And we don't always have to wait for, I guess, like the church capital C to, to do it for you. Right. Like if you see a need and you have a desire to like want to engage and hang out, then plan it, like get it together. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Let me give a shout out to Toast because we were okay. four or five teams. We're now called the Sunday Experience <laughs> team, but she did all the planning. She had some help, but she did the majority of the uh, planning and she invited all the teams and we're, we came together and had a wonderful holiday party. We had a wonderful Sunday, uh, um, summer hang. And so because she saw like the need, like we need to somehow get together and not be so siloed. So let's get together as a group because we are yeah. us, usually serving together on Sunday. But as yeah. you know, so Sunday is not really a time to like talk. It's like we got to do things. It's like who has the buckets? Like who has the communion pods? Like who has the pamphlets? Like you're running outside, get the vest on, don't get hit by a car. Like someone's getting coffee put on their hands. Like it's just, we're really all, you know, moving and, and it's fun, but we, like you said, we don't have that time. So thank you for the shout out. It really is a group effort. You know, I have an incredible group of women that help out every single event. You know, shout out to Priscilla, shout out to Gabby, shout out to Stephanie, like Eli, everybody that was always involved. Like I couldn't do it on my own. I did it with community and that's what made it even more fun. So, so I want you to hear that last nugget she said. She said, I couldn't do it alone. Shout out to the community. And I wonder mm-hmm. how many people are trying to achieve things that you need a community to achieve. I'll let that yeah. marinate. I'll let it I'll let it simmer <laughs> a little bit. How many of us are trying to reach this goal that God has placed in our heart, but God's like, you need community? Because like I yeah. said in the monologue, like Jesus needed the 12 yeah. to reach his community. It's crazy how the son of God needed his 12. Wow. And maybe because he knew that he can, he can do powerful things by himself, but he can do mm-hmm. greater things with, with a group of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, iron sharpened iron, right? That's in Proverbs. Iron sharpens iron. It's so important. Two are better than one, like you said. So, you know, just, and the thing is, again, the enemy wants to keep us isolated. My mom always would say to us growing up, the idle mind is the workshop of the devil. And I never understood what she meant. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I always thought she'd just say that because she wants her to come downstairs. Like, sometimes I'll try and go hide in my room. She's like, Chokumba, where are you? Like, she always called me, have to be in the living room with her. Like, can't, like, I, even now, like when I'll go home for a holiday, I just want space. I go to my old childhood room. She's calling me. Where are you? Like there could literally be seven people downstairs in her face, but she has like a sixth sense that's like, Tukma's not here. Like, where is she? And she'll say the idle mind is the workshop of the devil. Right. And it's true. It's so true. That's when all those like voices are coming. And that's when all those doubts are coming and the deception and the lies. So it's important to have a person to text. Like it happened to me this week. I had something happen this week that was like really hard and challenging. And someone reached out to me with a need and I was like, I don't know how to fulfill it. And I was able to reach out to two people that prayed with me and stood in the gap with me about 
that issue. You were one of them, (laughs) you know, and just stood in the gap with that issue. And it's like, what if I was alone? How would I have done that? I would have maybe handled it on my own flesh or my own power, but I needed community and not in a way of gossiping. You know, I've never disclosed the name of the person. I never, but just saying, Hey, something is going on. This is a little bit of the facts. Can you please partner with me in prayer? And it changed everything. It changed everything. That is so good. And let's go Old Testament a little bit because I've been talking about Jesus, but <laughs> Ruth was never, because we was like, wait for your Boaz, wait for your Boaz. Ruth was never <laughs> going to get Boaz if it wasn't for Naomi. It wasn't for Naomi. Being in her community. Yeah. Esther would, sure. wasn't going to save the Jewish people. It wasn't for Mordecai being in her community. Yeah. If you think about yeah. the three Hebrew boys who got thrown in to the fire, it might have been different. It was only one person who got thrown in the fire. But since they were bound yeah. together... They had that community, that unity. Mm-hmm. And then it's funny because the Bible says, Jesus says this, where two or three are gathered. Yeah, but where there's a community, and I want you to hear this, a community doesn't have to be 50. According to Jesus, yeah. a community is two or three. So where two or three are gathered, he'd be in the midst of it. And he said that in the New Testament, you look in the Old Testament, when the boys got thrown in the fire, the three were gathered. And then mm-hmm. King ne- Nebuchadnezzar said, "Who? didn't we just put three? I see a fourth one, and a fourth one looks like the son of God. So when there's two or three, <laughs> that's what God's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's another important thing to think about, too, with coming of age and spiritual maturity, right? Like, even with my life, I've seen a transformation. Like, growing up, I always had a lot of friends and, like, a lot of people and a lot of different groups. But as I've gotten older, you know, it's starting to dwindle and dwindle and dwindle. And there's no animosity, You know, it's like you grow, people move, like people change, people like have families and stuff. But the smaller it's 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 about the quality versus the quantity. You know, you don't need to have 15 friends. If you have three people that, you know, will go to bat for you, that, you know, that like you guys can share sermons with each other. You know, you guys can like be in community together. Like that is so much more important than having like fit, maintaining like 15 to all. Oh, well, we've been friends since middle school and like, oh, well, we've been riding together since high school. And it's like, oh, this has been my boy since whatever. Oh, we were in the same fraternity. It's like, if they're holding you back, it's time to just let it go. Again, it doesn't have to be bitterness. It doesn't have to be unforgiveness. It doesn't have to be like an angry thing, but it's time to just move on, you know, and press into the new community, the new fresh oil that is now in this season of your life. That is what you should be focusing on. And that's what I've been having to focus on a lot, you know, as I've been growing spiritually maturing over the years. God has been showing me like Tokes, like I need you to focus your efforts here. I need you to focus on these people. You can't maintain all these people anymore. I know you've always been that person. Everyone can call you. You'll fly there. But I can't have you do that anymore. You have to focus on me. You have to focus on what I'm putting in front of you. And I know maybe I'm being a dead horse. But Jesus had 12. No, he's 12. But out of that 12, there's still one who betrayed him. So maybe your limit should be 11. Because <laughs> you look at the numbers, like, okay, he had 12, but one, like, kind of betrayed him. So no 10, no, ten, no more than 10. No more than 10, friends. Yeah. <laughs> two hands. Yeah. Two hands. If there's anything more than that, you just got to. Because it's impossible to pour into, like, so many people. Because for me, I'm just a giver, and I like to pour to people. But knowing that about myself, I have to limit who have access to Mm -hmm. me. Because if I don't, I start pouring out of an empty cup. And then what am I really ministering out of? Yeah. Burnt outness? 
Listen, you touch on something so important also about community. Heart check, right? Heart check. Like, you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to make sure that you are filled, that you are okay. If you need to take a rest, you need to take a rest. If you need to take a Sunday off of serving, that's okay. Like, that is important so that you can serve from a place of overflow than from a place of being empty. That is so good because people think, like, I got to serve all the time. You don't, you don't, first of all, you don't have to do anything. It's an art. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to do anything. But I think people, like, they get in this rat wheel. I told, I told myself earlier this year, I was serving three services because we just didn't have the people. And I felt on Saturday, the Lord was telling me, like, I want you to sit a service. I'm like, Lord, you know how this is. We don't got the people, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know how the excuses we give to God, of course. Yeah. And then, you know, I was going to be obedient to the Lord because I don't want to get hit by a car. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to obey. They get hit by a car. So, <laughs> so I listened to the Lord and mind you, or to my surprise, everything worked out fine. 1230 yeah. service was covered. And what I realized is God will always take care of his business. God will always take care of his house. He's not dependent on me to make sure people get across the street safely. He will always yeah. get someone to fill the gap. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, and again, it's that you get the hero mentality. It's like, who's really the savior here? It's not me. You know, it is God. And obviously, like, you know, we like to serve. We like to help. We want to answer every call. We want to be there. But it's also knowing when to pull back and let God be God. And I think right there, that's where maturity kicks in. Like, mm-hmm. am I doing too much? Am I just <laughs> doing this so I can be seen? Or am I doing this for right. the pleasure of the Father? And I think that's when right. maturity is going to kick in. Like, maybe I'm just doing this so people can see me and people can know my name and I can know other people's names. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this has been good so far, Tokes. Look, you brought that fire today. After the whole, you know, full <laughs> pop of introducing yourself, I think you're doing well so far. So, <laughs> I thought you wanted me to say my name. I didn't know you wanted me to, like, provide additional details. <laughs> um, I'm, well... I kind of went over in the pre-show. It's it's okay. You're doing good so far. You're doing good so far. Um, So say someone is in the community. They're like, okay, I'm ready for that next step. So my next question to you, because you sent me the stuff you did back in in your hometown. You were a leader of communities. So my next question to you is, how would a person lead a godly community well? Not as lead the community. I need them to lead it well. So how, what is your... Lead it well. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, it's it's such an important question. And not everyone is meant to be a leader. <laughs> not everyone is meant to be a leader, you know, and, and, and it's so sad, right, because there are people leading and you just have to you have to really pray about it. You have to pray about it. Like when people call on you to step into a leadership position, first pray and be like, God, is this what you want me to do? Like, Give me confirmation. Give me wisdom. Give me discernment if this is the, this is the path you want me to take. All things good. Let's say God says, yes, I want you to step into that role, right? And now you're leading. And, and again, it goes back to when you are in that leadership role, I always think about two things. Getting to know the people I'm leading and praying for the people that I'm leading. Because I feel like when we seek first the kingdom, right, all is going to be added, right? Like we make the main thing the main thing. We seek first the kingdom. We seek God first and everything. Everything else will be added and taken care of. So I like to get to know the team of people that I'm leading. On the host team right now, I'm one of the leads. Like, I want to get to know them. Like, if there's new people on the team, I want to make sure that I try to introduce myself if I see them how to serve. You know, like, just truly getting to know people for who they are is so important. No one should be viewed as just a number 
or viewed as just like, okay, you're here to do work for me or you're here to like accomplish these tasks. Like that's not my leadership style at least. You know, I really try to lead from that place of just like people first and pray for them second. It's also important for me to be held accountable. You know, a leader should be able to receive feedback and not be offended (laughs) or bruised or hurt. It's not like my way or the highway kind of thing. Like it should be collaborative. I feel like my leadership style is very collaborative. Obviously, sometimes you need to make decisions. You know, sometimes you got to be the one to make a decision or, you know, sometimes you may not agree, you know, with some feedback that you received because maybe God told you to do something differently or maybe you have some information that the team may not know and that's why you made a decision that you need to make. But you should still be open to the feedback and be respectful and receptive. And I also think... When you are in a leadership position, always be looking out for other people that can rise up. You know, like you want to make sure you're thinking about how you're stewarding the team to rise up other leaders, you know, and how people are growing in their faith, how they're maturing. Like, how are you pouring into people spiritually, whether it's sharing resources? Like, I I watch a lot of sermons during the week. Um, that's my thing. I am very involved in a lot of other churches as well. And like, I'm following their sermons during the week and listening to podcasts and things of that nature. You know, I go to other church events, even in the city. I went to, I was going to Alpha for a little bit, but Soul City Church. So how can you share these resources with your team so that they are learning, you know, and that they're growing during the week? You know, if there's a word that you receive that you know will minister to someone, send it in the moment, send it in the moment and just make sure you're sharing resources and stewarding the team well from just like that educational kind of spiritual standpoint as well. So that's, yeah. that is so good. And I remember, cause I am a task doer. You, you, you see me as serving. I'm a task <laughs> doer. And then um, former leader, pastor Andrew, um, he used to lead the go teams. And he said, yeah, I was like, how do I do this? Cause he's always a, he's always been a people person. Like he loves people. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'd rather do the task. <laughs> he told me he's like, "Well, make people the task now," Ooh. and that shifted my whole mentality. He's like, "Make people the task." I like that. That's good. So that's how I approach now because my mind is just wired to just do, 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 mm-hmm. do, do. Being a growing up as so a PK good. is it still mm-hmm. to do, 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 do? Yeah. <laughs> so when Pastor Andrew said that, my whole shit like I, instead of like me going to do everything by myself because it's gonna be quicker. Let me bring someone along and teach them. Like you say, identify yeah. little new leaders that like, <laughs> I don't know about you talks, but Edward, I don't plan to be in Chicago forever. Yeah. Someone he's going to take yeah. after me. So I, I love mm-hmm. how you said that. Yeah. And, and that, I love that about like, let people be one of those things because, and it should be like the first thing, right? Because when you, when you rewire your mind to think about, okay, a part of my task, a part of my job is to steward over people, is to check in and care for people. Like, obviously, yes, I'm supposed to be helping with traffic and making sure people cross the street safely, but I'm also supposed to be making sure that my team is okay. You know, the team that I serve with, and that is, like, the first task. That mindset shift is, like, so, so important because you're still going to be a task person, but you know that's one of them. You know that's one of the things that you have to do. And it's just, you know, it's so important. Things are going to happen in people's lives, you know, unfortunately right but like people are going to fall sick people are going to experience hard times and you want to be able to be there for them and support them no one ever wants to feel like oh they just i'm just here to to serve 
but they don't care about me as a person. It's just transactional, you know? You don't, that's, that's not what we're in the business of doing here, you know? Because unfortunately, people feel that in other environments. People feel that way about, at work. People feel that way in their families. People feel that way in their relationships. So they shouldn't be also coming into the house of God and feeling that way. That's, that's not what we're trying to be doing. So, yeah. That's so good. And what, I, what I've known, because I've led the, this is my three-year mark of leading the outdoor team. So, wow. yeah, God is faithful. <laughs> but what I realized is, if you want to be a leader, anyone listening or watching, if you want to be a leader, you must have the spirit of gratitude. So doing yeah. little things like thanking people, that's what I still do. Thank you for serving. They'd be like, well, no, yeah, no problem. But no, it is it was, it was, is a problem. Because I always tell people who are newer to church, <laughs> it's like, yeah. when it was like myself, it was Stephanie, and then Lauren, when we were like in charge of, or I guess leading the um, go teams, mm-hmm. we prayed for people to come. So when people like, oh, it's not that yeah. big of a deal. Like, you don't know how big of a deal you are. We, you are your yeah. prayers manifest to us in flesh. <laughs> <laughs> so I always when I always had the opportunity thank you for serving thank you for coming in thank you for staying the extra service so if someone wants to be a leader you must have that spirit of gratitude because if you don't have that spirit of gratitude it's going to be hard it's going to be hard to lead effectively yeah it's so so true and it's so good and, and that's like one thing we definitely also try to do with the host team just thanking people you know and, and celebrating people and you know maybe taking a picture of the team and like oh y'all looking good today just encouragement you know truly encouraging people and it coming from a place of authenticity is also important too you know because people are you know it's a sacrifice for some people and especially with the auditorium host team it 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 can be nervous nerve no nerve-wracking going down those stairs you know and everybody's looking at you at offering time you're coming up and down those stairs you're like going down with the pamphlets like you have to feel comfortable you know like and, and it takes a lot of energy and so it's something that we truly appreciate that people sign up and people jump in and people sign up last minute. They try to fill the need. Like, we appreciate it. We really, really do. We pray for people to come. So it definitely means a lot to us. It's an answered prayer, like you said. So, so, so good. Anything you want to add before we go to the next question? I think I'm good. All right. So we live in the era of comparison. We always want stuff we don't have. So my next question is, how does a person navigate comparing communities? So say like, Tokes, you have an awesome community and someone has another community, but they're like, whatever Tokes is doing, it seems like so much fun. I should leave the community God has planted me in and then go join that community. You can see like, oh, that church seems like it's doing so much stuff. Let me leave my church to join that church. So how does someone navigate Comparing communities. Yeah. No, seriously. Well, first, in the spirit of resources, right, and sharing resources, I urge people to look up on YouTube a sermon called Cuffed to Comparison. Uh, It's from Transformation Church, Pastor Michael Todd. It's called Cuffed to Comparison. It's a very good sermon. It breaks it down and has a lot of scripture on just kind of breaking this yoke of wanting to compare. Um, So I'll definitely start with just dropping that nugget. Check it out. It's a really powerful sermon, and it's really been doing a work in my life. But, you know, when I think about comparison, <laughs> we all do it in a way. And, and sometimes it's like we don't even mean to do it. It's like subtle, like it just like happens. And when we're thinking about comparing communities, I always think to a word of like being content, you know, and, and, and being content and trusting. Because if God has placed you somewhere, 
he's placed you there for a reason. You know, he's placed you there for a reason. So you have to trust and be content where God has placed you. Now, there is no such thing as a perfect friend group. There is no such thing as a perfect church. (laughs) There is no such thing as a perfect family. There is no such thing as a perfect job. The way things may look on the outside, right, the way the picture that's posted on Instagram looks or the video, that one clip, you don't know if they were screaming at each other 10 minutes before they posted that one clip of dancing and being happy, right? Like, you don't know what's really going on behind the scenes. So don't be deceived by the highlight reel or what you think you are seeing about other places because you don't know. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it, right? So being content where you are and trusting, if if you prayed that God has placed you, you know, in the environment that he's placed you in, the friends that he's placed you in, the family that he placed you in, the church (laughs) that he placed you in, and trust and believe that. I think that is the best way to navigate, you know, comparing communities. And just speaking specifically to churches, because I do see like people like, tend to compare pastors and churches and things of that nature. And we have to remember that God can use anybody. He can use anybody from any background, with any personality. Like, God can use anybody to deliver his word. So we can't be in the business of comparing pastors and, you know, people that God has called to speak or who God has anointed, right? Or comparing worship teams or comparing, like, you know, different environments. That is that is not what we're called to do. So let's definitely watch out for that. And let's trust that if God's placed us in a community, he's placed us there for a reason. You know, it could be for development. It could be because he wants to connect us to something. We don't know what it is, but we're too busy looking to the left and looking to the right instead of being focused on where God's placed us. So we really just got to be content. We got to be focused and we got to trust where God has placed us. Oh, that's awesome. And you brought up Transformation Church, wonderful church. But sometimes I see people like, you know, on, on the Internet saying like, I'm going to go leave my church, go to Transformation Church. First of all, you got to leave that church. <laughs> yeah, you better <laughs> from the breaks. Because <laughs> they're like, Transformation Church, Transformation Church doing all this stuff. My church is not doing it. Maybe God has you in that place so you can start developing stuff your church can do instead of you leading that church to go mm-hmm. to a, a church that's really doing what you want to do. Because I always see the like, mm-hmm. oh, they're doing this, they're doing that. Like, you know, you can say any church, Elevation Church, you know, Transformation Church, any mm-hmm. church, like they're doing so much. Exactly. So like, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave my church because there's, there's not a conference like Boo Conference. Maybe God wants to use mm-hmm. you to develop a conference at your church. But if you just flee yeah. your, you, you flee your community because you're comparing it, that's when mm-hmm. it gets really dicey, really bad because you, you, fl- you fled the assignment God had for you at your church. Right. And you think about, like, I always like to unpack the root, right, of comparison. Because, again, it's like something we're all guilty of. No one's perfect. I'm definitely not perfect. But it's just some a work that God's doing in me. And it's like, okay, why do people compare, right? Maybe they're attached to a personality. Or maybe they're feeling like, oh, well, the way this scripture is being broken down, it's like in a way that I understand it better. Or, oh, like, I like the way their worship is better. That's all on us, you know, it's not up to a pastor to help me learn the Bible, okay? It is not up to a worship team to teach me how to worship You preach it. It is not up, you know, like that is up to me. And it takes spiritual maturity to know that, no, I need to be with my Bible 
you know, and letting it come to life for me. Like, I need to be worshiping, you know, in my room, on my Spotify. There's a lot of songs, you know, Maverick City, shout out to Maverick City, but there's so many others, you know, there's so many others. Like, so that's really up to us. And it's like a lot of people are like putting that on a, on a pastor, or on a church to do all of this for them. And it's like, and if I don't come to church on a Sunday and everything isn't served to me in a silver platter, like, no, I'm going to go here because this worship is better or this pastor is better. And it's like, no, no, no. That is definitely not what we're supposed to be doing. Our Bible learning and spiritual maturity from the word is up to us. And yes, the church is a good asset and a good resource, but that is not the sole source. And let me just say this. So now you're going to get some people upset at me. Worship is not <laughs> meant for you. I hate when people say, oh, they didn't play my song. First of all, none of those songs are for you. Oh, I, I, didn't, I exactly. didn't feel it today. That's on you. That's not a worship leader. That's not on God because God is the same. That's probably on you. So I hear when people are like, oh, I, I need them to play my song. You don't have a song. We, we have the honor and pleasure to be a witness to God getting worship. But sometimes we start to think that is our worship, and they don't play that song, and the worship we don't hit that note, and if I don't get goosebumps, then the worship, the worship yeah. didn't do its job. No, in heaven, God received it. You just didn't receive it, and you're not supposed to receive it because it's not for you to receive. Exactly, exactly. No, that, and that is... So, so, so true. I mean, the beauty of being at church is just the corporate gathering. It's worshiping with other believers. It's the two is better than one aspect. It's the iron sharpening iron aspect. It's being in a community of believers. That's why we're there. You know, it's a place where we are sowing in our tithe, right? It's a place where we are serving. Like, that is the body of the church, right? But like like you said, worshiping, it's about thanking God. It's about praising God. And that can be done in any kind of way, you know, that can be done in any kind of way. And it's, and it's not about, this is not where you're at a concert and you're here judging certain singers and certain people. Like these are people that have dedicated to worship God publicly on a stage. And you're over here talking about like how they're singing and how you don't like this, how you don't like that. Like have mercy. Right. And I, I'm like, I'm not trying to judge anyone even with saying this because it's just, even convicting for me, right? It's like, it takes maturity to realize like that isn't, that's not what we are called to do. You know, and that is not what we're called to do at all. We are called to worship God, to pray, to read the word, to serve. And that can be done. We can do that on our own, right? <laughs> right. Let's start with doing this on our own in a daily practice every single day. But then Sunday, it's just like an added bonus. And I also want to add, like, I watch Transformation Church all the time. You know, like, it's like my online church, truly. It's truly my online church. I, I'm up to date with all the sermons. Like, I even so into that church. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But that doesn't mean I'm, like, discounting other churches, right? And, like, oh, the church that I'm physically planted here, which is City Church Chicago, I'm not, like, there's a, you know what I mean? It's, like, you can still listen to other sermons. You can, I love the Potter's House. You know, T.D. Jakes, everybody knows Pastor T.D. Jakes and his daughters, Pastor Sarah Jakes, Stephanie. There's so many great people out there. There's a lot of resources, but enjoy it, learn from it, grow from it, but don't start comparing it because that's where you get into murky waters. So good. And people need to realize that you should listen to them. Maybe you should follow them on IG, but always remember you're following Jesus. And don't forget that you're not yes. following them for yeah. them. You're following them because anointing God has placed on them. Yes. Because sometimes there's leaders that, you know, they fall off the cliff and you're like, oh, I was following this leader. No, 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 no. Follow Jesus. Because if they fall off the cliff, yeah. at least you don't fall off the cliff because you're following Jesus the whole time. Exactly. Because they're human. I mean, we see pastors falling, you know, 
scandals and all kinds of stuff is happening and you know and people are judging you know even like the transformation church like people always have something to say about somebody and if, if jesus is your focus then that's all noise that's all distractions you know like again that is that should be all be white noise and distractions to you if you're really focusing on the message that's coming from this person versus the person the way they look the way they braid their hair what they're wearing you know, just, just, it's distractions. You have to really believe that it's a distraction. We're all guilty of it, but it's just asking God, like, I want to focus, you know? And then if there really is a place that truly isn't like it's you, it's preventing you from focusing on God, then yeah, maybe you should pray and reassess. Like God, I come into this community every day, but I just, there's so much distracting me from you. I really want, I'm here for you, but I really feel like I'm getting distracted or I just don't feel it here. Pray about that. And maybe God wants to take you out of that place. Right. But just make sure that's something that's God, that's God's leading you to do and not you in your flesh. That is so good. I want to before we go to the last question, I want to hit this because you said it. You said it's not the passage out to feed us. You don't know how many times I've heard like people say, I'm leaving this church. I'm leaving that church because I'm not getting fed. And I heard a pastor say this one time, say, like, you know, who's who needs to get fed? Babies. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're not getting fed, that's on you because you've been in the faith for 20 years and you still need to get fed. You're still a baby. And then the writer of Hebrews says, how is it that you will be teaching now, but you're still asking for this milk? You should be graduating eating meat. So I think what happens is that we get so comfortable and we get coddled and we're like, okay, I'm just going to let the pastor feed me. I'm going to let the pastor feed me. But what happens is you never grow up and you expect the pastor to get that bottle and tend to you even though there's probably like thousands of people in, in his flock and you want him to tend to you and you get upset because the pastor's not feeding me. You have your yeah, own Bible. That's good. The Bible app is free. You can, you can, you can play it and have someone read it to you. So there's no excuse saying mm-hmm. that I'm leaving the church because um, I'm not getting fed. That's on you. And I, I wish I could be all yeah. gracious and stuff. Talk to me gracious. I'm going to be blunt. That's on you. <laughs> you should open your Bible, at least read a verse a day or a chapter a day. And something like that, because you don't, you'd be surprised when people are like, I'm leaving because I'm not getting fed. Well, Godspeed. So now, to make it all uh, gracious. <laughs> I mean, I, I do want to say, I, I want to say just to add to that, you know, there are new believers, right? So people that, you know, just gave their life to Christ for the first time, for example, and maybe they gave their life to Christ for the first time in that church service, right? You know, when you're in, in that stage, there's there's those scenarios, and there's also the scenarios of people that they gave their lives to Christ at one point, but then they fell off, right? And they're trying to come back. I think in those stages, I do get more of a reliance on needing spiritual guidance, spiritual wisdom. Like, I do believe that that's very necessary and important. For sure. Right? But I think, but like you said, like, there has to come a point where you aren't relying on that. You know, and you're taking those tools, like, let's say, you know, one thing that I used to do when I was like in more of the beginning stages, right? There will be a sermon on Sunday. There'll be some Bible verses. Take notes. Be that person that has a notebook, takes actual notes. Like I actually, you know, pen, notebook, journal, old school, but, you know, and then during the week, go back over those verses in your Bible and like your hard copy Bible, (laughs) right? And like, see how it ministers to you and speaks to you throughout the week. And then maybe you can also look at stories around that passage. Maybe you can read the book from the beginning to end so you can understand the context. 
Maybe you can do some Google searches to understand more about Jonah and, you know, whatever it may be, but like do that study during the week and see how slowly it will come to life and you will start to build a habit and a principle that, okay, yes, Sunday is the beginning launching pad, but throughout the week I'm digesting it and going over it myself. And soon you'll just crave to do stuff on your own too, you know? But I do want to like leave a space for those new believers that like might need some support, right? It might need that kind of anchoring in the beginning because that's the reality, but it's just important to not have a full reliance. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. Like there's babes in the faith. People are newer to the faith. Yes. You must crawl before you can walk. You must walk before you can run. So have that spiritual reliance. Yeah. But if you claim to be, you know, saved for 20 years, I just have a couple questions for you. That's it. I'm not, no judgment. I just have a couple questions for you. If you're leaving the church because you said you're not being fed. Because you know how many people in different countries, they will die to read the Bible. They have died because they have the Bible. And sometimes I'm guilty of this. The Bible is just collecting dust. I'm just going to be real. I'm glad that I can, you know, pull it up on my Bible app. I can listen to it while I'm going to work. But sometimes it's like, I know in in previous, earlier this year, I'm like, I I don't got time for it. But the Lord stirred it inside of me to pick it up again. But sometimes the Lord can stir something inside of you, but you still have to pick up that book. The angel of heaven is not going to come yeah. and just drop the book in your lap. <laughs> yeah. You got to have that willingness and that eagerness to open up the book. The only book that doesn't yeah. change. The only book that can transform your life. The only book that, um, that it reads you. You don't only read it. Yeah. That, that book is sometimes we just have to make sure that we're just not comparing ourselves in different communities and just, Let's look at the book. This, I, I think right. it was um, Pastor um, Jensen Franklin. He said, they asked him, like, how do you feel all these new people doing? He's like, oh, I, I love the method. They can, they can keep doing, like, the method. But he said, have the new method, but stay in the book. Mm-hmm. Have, yeah, have the, okay. have the different methods. Like, preach how you want to preach, but make sure you stay in the book. And I think in this day we're going, coming into, the as the Bible prophesied, the age is going to get darker and darker. We need that book <laughs> and we need to yeah. read the book in the good times. Cause when it's the bad times, that's when you can recite the stuff you learn in the good times. But as many Christians, what we yeah. do, we run for the book. What is in our bad times? We don't even feel like reading, but we got to read it when we're on top mm-hmm. of the mountain. So like it'd be second nature. So we can say the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. <laughs> I should not want how do I know that. Cause I, I studied it when it was the good times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's really good. And also when it's fresh, cause I feel like, it's like whenever you want to pick up the Bible, that's when sleepiness comes, right? Like that's when you get tired and you get the droopy eyes and it's like, oh my God, whoa, okay, <laughs> I was reading it, like what happened, right? But like, you know, whether it's first thing in the morning or whether you need some like music playing in the background, whatever you got to do, or if you want to like play audio version of it, whatever you want to do to like kind of get that word in, you know, do it because, you know, there will be attacks. I keep talking about attacks. People are going to be like, man, this girl Tokes is like all about attacks, <laughs> but it's real, like. You know, like when you want to focus that time and you're like, all right, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to read the word and spend time. That's when someone's going to call you. That's when someone's going to text you. That's when you're going to get that crazy email at work. That's when like all these different things are going to happen to distract you from that moment. You know, like, and it's not by coincidence. Something is happening to prevent you from diving in. So it's really just trying to lock in, just lock in. And, you know, people watch like she's talking about text. Well, Paul talked about it to the, church in Ephesus that we don't go against flesh and blood, we go against principalities and princes in high places. 
So, so anything you want to add about? I know we went on a little tangent, but this I think it was good that we talked about all of this. <laughs> we definitely went on a tangent. We definitely. But at the end, is the root is the comparing, yeah. like comparing churches, comparing your communities yeah. to other people. So comparing and again, spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is important. That is the biggest thing. That's what will help you when you want to fall into that season of comparing to kind of root that out, you know, and it doesn't just start with the church. Like it's okay. Now I have this personality where I'm comparing myself to my siblings. I'm comparing myself to my friends. I'm comparing myself to work. It's like that, that spirit of comparison in general, you want to deal with. That is so good. We might have a part two to just talk about comparison. Just <laughs> comparison by itself. Um, so my, my last question to you, Tokes is, I can't believe, wow, time has gone by fast. So my last question to you is, why is it so important to have a godly community? Oh, my goodness. Well, I feel like, you know, everything we've even talked about tonight, you know, in terms of accountability, in terms of support, encouragement, prayer, you know, all of these reasons is why you need a godly community, the verse you opened with, right? When one falls down, you have another person there to pick you up. Pity the fool that falls down and doesn't have someone there to pick him up. That's literally what it says in the Bible. It's like, pity the fool, right? It's like you truly have that support system. You have that accountability system. You have that prayer circle. But all of that, but also people to have fun with. You know, people to truly just like live your life with and have a good time with. And you feel free because you know that you all are towards the same goal. You're all believers. You all want to make heaven. You know, you all want to do right. You all want to, you know, make God proud. And so that is just so much freeing, hanging out in that circle. Like, I think I'm starting to learn, like, conversations where I can't really talk about God and say, oh, man, I have to pray about that. Or, like, when I feel like I have to filter out saying God or saying Jesus is a problem for me. Like, that, that's where I'm at in my life. Like, if I have friends where I can't comfortably talk about my faith or talk about praying or talk about, you know, what I'm going through, through the lens of, but I know Jesus is going to see me through this. It's not going to, it's not, it's not going to work for me anymore, you know, because it's just so refreshing to be rooted with that kind of community and that kind of support, that kind of accountability. So that is why it's important. It's important. Like you say, go back to Jesus, you know, the 12 disciples around him. There's also a story in the Bible about a man that was paralyzed, right? And he had a group of friends, I think it was like four or five of them, that they wanted to take him to Jesus because they know Jesus was in the business of doing healing, doing miracles. But Jesus was in this house that was a crowd of people surrounding the house. It was like they couldn't get to Jesus. They couldn't get through the front door. So what did that group do? They're like, all right, we're going to have to go through the roof. Literally climb the roof of this house dug a hole in the roof and lowered their friend down on a mat to get to Jesus so they can heal him. Like what if that paralyzed man didn't have that community? He would be on the street somewhere. And who knows, maybe Jesus would have found him and healed him, but it's not good for the story. The story is the friends carried this paralyzed man on a mat, went up to the roof, dug a hole and lowered him down so that he can receive healing from Jesus Christ, our savior. So community is very important. And I want you to I want you to think about that whole logistically because when you were talking, I thought about I'm like, they just didn't climb up the roof. They had to carry this dead weight up on the roof. <laughs> and then after they carried, they had to dig the hole and yes. then they had to put it back on a mat yes. and you know, 
put him down. The good thing is Jesus healed him, so they had to bring him back up. So that's a good thing. So he walked out by himself. Yeah. But man, <laughs> the community around you is so important because, like you said, what if he didn't have that community? He would be begging yeah. for money for the rest of his life, or like you said, Jesus might, in his yeah. mercy, say, "Okay, be healed." So yeah, yeah. yeah. You think about how many times they've mm-hmm. given up. Like, practically think about it, the chosen does a good job of like showing like that scene played out. But like, there's so many times they could be like, "All right, we can't do this. Let's try it next week." <laughs> you know, like there's so many times they could have given up. But they were so dedicated to getting their friend to Jesus, to healing. And that is what you want your community to be like and to look like and to feel like. And that's the person you need to be in your community. It's not just about taking from people. You don't want to be that person that's just receiving like, oh, pray for me for this. Pray for me for that. Can you help me with this? Oh, I need money for this. Like, obviously, you want to share your needs. But also, how can you be, you know, the giver? And how can you be there for your friends as well? It's not just about talking about your problems. You know, it's not just, it's, it's sometimes it's important to listen, you know, and just like listen to what other people are going through. That is so good because I want to, cause I'm always the giver. So I want to talk to people who are the givers. Allow yourself to yeah. be the vulnerable one. Allow yourself to be the person who's yeah. on the mat. Allow yourself to be the person who accepts yeah. help from your four friends that want to lie, layer, mm-hmm. uh, lower you down to the feet of Jesus. A lot because I I yeah. struggle with this. Tokes, you know this. I struggle being vulnerable. I struggle yeah. asking for help. So be the, yeah. I'm talking to myself right now. Be the one who's who's yeah, open yeah. to getting help from people. When someone asks you for help, don't say no, I'm yeah. good. Say yes, I can you help me pray yeah. here? Can you help me with this? Can you help me do that? Because people need to know that you don't always have to be the strong friend. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to be the strong community yeah. member. You can be the one on the mat that yeah. they need to lower you down to the feet of Jesus. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and you're preaching to me, too, because it's something I really struggle with, too. Like, I struggle with accepting help from people, you know, because I, I never want to inconvenience anyone, you know, or I'm just like, oh, I'll do it or I'll deal with it or that. That's the reason. Right. And it, and and yeah, being that strong friend or that strong person, it's like you need people as well. And people don't check on you because they know you're strong. You know, oh, well, Ed has it figured out. Oh, Ed never needs anything from anybody like Ed. You know, Ed's good. And it's like so I just, you know. You know, continue to think about and pray for like the strong people that God continues to send support and help, you know, because again, iron sharpens iron, right? Like, you know, the strong friends need love too, and they need support too. They need people to show up for them too. But we also need to know when to ask for it and know when to accept it when it's being offered. Uh, absolutely. Because I am a person like, same way, I don't want to inconvenience <laughs> people. Like, people ask me, like, you want to ride home? Yeah. No. I, I should say yes. Because <laughs> you know your boy is a trip to get it. Hey, 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 that's enough, Tokes. But I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just need to, you know, accept the help because that would have saved me a, a chunk amount of time, you know? So it's just. Could have saved you bus, train. <laughs> okay, okay, Tokes, simmer down, simmer down. <laughs> but I, I, I just feel like we should just say that for people who are always a strong friend. Who always the one who's always being there, the yes. one who's always um, accountable, uh, accountable and dependable. That yeah. it's okay to not be okay sometimes, but it's not okay for you to stay there. Oh, yeah. so yeah. uh, allow yourself Definitely. to be vulnerable enough to be lowered down to the feet of Jesus lowered Christ. Lowered down to the feet of so. Jesus. That's right. Tokes, this has been amazing. 
any last minute or last encouragement and advice to people watching this or listen on listen to this? Uh, last piece of advice and encouragement I would say would just be to. I would say like when you're going back into after listening to this, you're going back into your friends and your communities, really start to look around and think about, you know, who are those people that you would say, yes, are part of your tribe? Like, because there could be people right now around you that you haven't even realized are part of your tribe and like have been texting you, checking on you, going to bat for you. But you might have been so distracted by the people that aren't giving you attention you know, sometimes we're so re- we're distracted by the rejection. We're not thinking about the people that are there and that want to be there. So I would say, like, definitely go back into your tribe and look for those people and also reassess, right? It's like, who in my life is just sucking the life out of me, right? Like, that is kind of being a distraction that's kind of just, like, pulling me away and further away from God or that I just don't feel good after I hang out with them. Really start to think about it and start to pray about it and just pray for wisdom and discernment in your friend circles and your life circles for God to just perfect your community for you because we need this community like in these times with everything going on in the world we need riders with us like we need a strong tribe so that's what I would really leave people with just to start to assess you know the community that you have right now think about okay where are ways I can grow into my faith-based community like do I want to finally sign up to serve on a team you know, if anyone wants to join the host team, you can reach out to me. <laughs> um, you know, I always got to do a plug for the host team. But, you know, do I want to join a life group? Do I want to start a life group? Just really start to think about ways you can, you know, affect change and an impact in your community. And even if you're in a relationship, like I feel like, you know, it's obviously great if you have partnership, marriage. Um, but I think, you know, even a married couple still need communities of other strong married couples, you know, that are faith-filled and that are Christ-filled in their community and in their orbit. So that's something to think about as well, um, you know, so you can have people to pray with as well, you know, and and not not bad people, right? Like you don't want those people that are going to be like, leave him, you know, but just strong circles of support in your community and to help uplift your relationship as well. That is so good. And I know it was supposed to be your last advice, but I just want to throw this nugget in that I believe the Lord gave me. Because like you said about the marriage, uh, like, you know, you you find yourself other married couples who can uplift you. And then I was like, well, there's two there. Well, what's going on? The Lord's like, but the two becomes one. So in the spiritual realm, they're just one. So that's why you need to put yourself in another (laughs) one. So, because pity the fool, like you said, pity the fool who falls, pity the person who, the married couple, that one married couple that falls, there's no other married couple to help them back up. So, I think you you hit it on the head when you Mm -hmm. said, like, if you're married, find another community member who's married so y'all can be community together. Yeah. So, so good. Tokes, you knocked it out the park. park. Thank you for coming on, for talking (laughs) about the importance of community. But before we end episode 58 of Saturday Conversations, we want to get to know you a little bit better through a game called This or That. So you already know how it goes. I give you two options. You choose one, and I'll share my guesses at the end. If I know you pretty well, I get above three. If I don't know you at all, I get below three. So only time will tell if I know you or not. So when you're ready, let me know. Okay. I Are you going to be showing pictures or are you say it. saying words? You said pictures. We're, we're not okay. that high tech over here, but thank you for having that confidence. I, just I appreciate sure. it. <laughs> just making sure. Okay. Okay, you ready? 
I'm ready. All right. So I'm two um, biblical characters. Which one would you choose? Esther or Ruth? Ruth. All right. Watch. Um, which sport would you rather watch? Basketball or football? Basketball. Okay. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Early bird. Okay. If you had to move somewhere, where would you move? Europe or South America? And language is not a problem. Ooh. Where in Europe? <laughs> anywhere Europe. in Europe. Anywhere in Europe, anywhere in South America. Europe. Okay. So we and last one, would you rather um lift weights or run? Lift weights. Okay. I got five out of five. I what? know you pretty well, Toad. No way. I know you pretty There's well. No way you got five Come out of on. Five. I pick Ruth, basketball, early bird, Europe. Europe, I was just guessing, uh, and weightlifting. Yeah, okay, Ed. Yep. Five out of five. Thank you. That's awesome. Yep. So thank you for coming on. I, I ask every single person when they come on the podcast to pray us out. So do you mind praying for us? Sure. Happy to. All right. All right. Well, Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this time, for this conversation. I thank you for Ed creating this platform for these kinds of conversations to be had, Lord. And I'm just praying over everyone that listens to this conversation that you speak to them directly concerning their communities, their friendship groups, their families, and show them how they can be better in their communities. And Lord, I'm also praying for those that may be lonely, that may be looking for communities or friends, that you just surround them with a solid circle of support and just let them be surprised, you know, this upcoming week or whenever that they watch this, that they're going to start having people reach out to them, having people invite them to coffee, invite them to lunch, and just continue to build out a strong, solid community of faith. Thank you, Lord, for answered prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to end it uh, in the episode. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your daughter. I uh, thank you for how you're using her for, um, for your work. I thank you for how you're transforming her life. Heavenly Father, we ask you that your favor, your anointing be put out on her in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray that every decision she makes, Lord, let it be under your will in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray that when her head is um, down, I ask you, oh Lord, that you be the lifter of her head. I pray that supernatural grace, supernatural favor, supernatural provision be given unto your daughter in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray that she be elevated more among her peers in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray that everything she put her mind to, everything she put her hands to, let it prosper in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray for her. I pray for her family, that everything they do, let it be for your glory and for your honor. We give the honor going thanksgiving jesus we say blessed blessed be your beautiful and master's name in jesus mighty name i pray amen 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 all right so thank y'all for tuning to episode 58 of saturday conversation so everyone join the conversation in the comment section below tell us what part of the conversation stood out to you don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell if you're watching on youtube and if you listen on spotify or apple podcast follow hit the notification bell and give us five stars because you know this this conversation by community deserves a hundred stars but our limit is five stars so give us five stars new conversations come out every saturday at 6 p.m central standard time if you have any prayer requests put in the comment section below we love you god bless you and i'll see you next time <laughs>